0: a hype woman. They need someone to encourage them to show up and to glow up boldly and unapologetically. So here are the details we start on May 20th. We are going strong for four days with also a bonus money session. We also have added our Facebook group with challenges and activities. Listen, y'all we work in. So in order to sign up to participate in all pieces, I want you to head down to the show notes and get on the bootcamp experience list so that you can get started with us. Now, also our private practice signature program DTA will also be opening soon. So make sure that you check the show notes and get on that notification list as well so that you can be the first to know about all the juicy bonuses that we have coming down the pipeline. It is glow up season. I will see you in the bootcamp. Hey, welcome back. This is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one branding coach for mental health therapists. And so in today's episode, I want to talk about the three reasons why I chose to get on EAP um, as a mental health provider. And so um, I've received this question through various, um, I'm going to say outlets as it relates to like me doing Q&A on my Instagram page. Um talking to my dope therapist community and then also talking to my one-on-one coaching clients in which they are um, on their way of building a profitable private practice and so I just thought that I would actually go back to my history and really look at how far of course my private practice has come but also looking at where I started and so Um, I want to talk about those three reasons and so um, when I first started private practice it was 2012 I did not have any type of brand I didn't know about marketing I didn't even know how to get clients I just knew that I hopefully would get clients through word of mouth and I hadn't even thought about you know what I get on insurance panels or not I didn't even know what EAP was and for those of you who don't it stands for employment assistant program where it typically comes in like those um what is it, HR packets, when you get a job and what do you do when we get hired? We usually sign off saying that, oh, we reviewed everything in our HR packet and then we put that binder somewhere in our closet, under our bed, somewhere in a file cabinet and we never see it again. And typically what's in there are resources that are free that your employer has paid for you to partake in, such as a certain amount of sessions per year free from your employer known as EAP. So, um, I had talked to a couple of therapists in the second office that I was in because my first office was in the West or on the West side of Los Angeles. And then my second office, which is currently where I am physically and with the address is in Cerritos, which is on the border of like Orange County by Knoxbury farm. Um, but right by LA County, it's in LA County. And so I had started receiving information about like certain EAP panels that were fairly easy to get on. And at that time, I had overhead I had to pay for with my office, and I really just wanted to see what it would be like to have a consistent flow of clients because that's what the clinicians had shared with me. And so um, basically, long story short, I end up getting on one particular EAP panel. The pay was not great at all. It was probably, actually, now that I think about it, it was the same hourly rate that I started off with my nine to five. But I said started off with my nine to five, but that wasn't consistent enough for me to want to have a separate business entity and have overhead and get paid less than what I was getting paid at my nine to five job. So what I decided to do is take a step, you know, out on a leap of faith. And I just chose to do it. And so these are the three reasons why I did it. One, as I mentioned right now, was a consistent caseload. I wanted to see the uh, private practice that everybody was talking about. I wanted to get the nonstop phone calls regarding people wanting to receive mental health services. And that is exactly what happened. It literally got to the point where I was receiving about maybe seven on a good week, 15 faxes because that's how they did it back then because we weren't really into even EHRs or electronic charting so they would fax over the referrals and then my job as a EAP provider is that I had to contact the client within a certain time frame and I had to let them know of course who you know how I got their information and then ask them are they still interested in services and of course the answer should typically be yes and then I would start the treatment So that was one reason is to have a consistent caseload. So another thing that I liked about EAP, because again, I was just fresh into private practice, is that it did the short term therapy model. And I was really fond of that because a lot of the work that I had done before then, even though It may have been only for like nine months if I was working in a school system or maybe only a certain amount of sessions. If I was doing evidence based practices where the therapy type dictates how many sessions you can give a client, it still was for the most part long term, like six months, a year, if not plus that. And so I was really intrigued to see what type of work could really be done in three five seven ten sessions and so that was a huge win for me because if the client of course was able to progress in treatment and me practice a solution focus you know theoretical perspective then you know that's a win for both sides because I can see the client transform and they can actually see themselves change within a short period of time so that was the second reason is a the short-term therapy model now the third reason was a big one. And this is actually what led into some future uh, podcast episodes that I'll share with you. But it led me into really honing in on my assessment skills as it relates to giving short-term therapy versus longer assessments where I would do at my job. And it would Of you know, go into six months a year plus therapy, and so what I had recognized is that there are certain questions that you want to ask or inquire about when the client comes for services. So, to give you a sneak peek, but I'm going to do a whole other like two podcast episodes on it to really break down these questions. But just to give you a sneak peek, is that I quickly learned that a lot of clients had a certain type of insurance and I started to recognize, okay, maybe I should really look into this particular insurance panel because seven out of 10 clients that I get from this EAP program, they all have this one insurance. So let me look to see what the reimbursement rates are because it's clear that there's a need in my you know area. And also I've had a good relationship with the clients that I've had. So everything was good. And so I recognize that I can actually generate referrals out of the EAPs, especially if I happen to be also on their regular insurance panel, because EAP actually allows the client. To be seen along with maybe family members children because really we don't know who the ideal identified client is but the employee is the one that can actually request eap services through their hr department and one of the luxuries i would say as a bonus is that you know it made the clients feel safe because even as an employee receiving this free service through their job they felt good that they can kind of talk about work and personal stuff and this information would not get back to their employer and so confidentiality still applied with eap service and it still does and so if you have questions about Um, building up a caseload, manifesting a profitable private practice. You want to learn how to brand yourself. You even want to know, you know, should you be on certain insurance panels? Should you stay on certain insurance panels? A lot of these questions come up. So if you have those questions, please make sure to drop that in the comment box below. Subscribe to my channel um, and let me know what were your biggest takeaway or what was your biggest takeaway? What can you learn from this episode today that you can actually implement either in your business vision if you're in the beginning stages of building your private practice and or maybe you already have a practice but you're working on repurposing it or rebranding it um, so that it can grow and or scale now if you want to go to a whole new level and you really want to brand your practice and you really want to see your business grow meaning beyond six figures okay and or you want to leave your job then I would highly encourage you to check out my private practice quiz it is free and from that quiz it's going to assess the infrastructure of your business that has to be in place in order for your business not just to grow but to scale okay so growth is you're continuously making your revenue each month you're hitting your revenue go your caseload is full even if you have other clinicians working under you they're full scaling is of a whole nother ball game because that's when you're actually able to remove yourself from a lot of the tasks that you're probably doing right now that you should hire out for and you're seeing your business grow but you're not directly working in your business you're actually working on your business so if you want to see really where your private practice is or if you're just starting out and you just want to see what information you should be learning And I give recommendations at the end of the test based off of the three levels that you can score in that I would highly encourage you to check out that private practice quiz. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to my channel. Um, Leave me your biggest takeaway and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.